Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. And a man who I know won't be drawing any tears over that because he used to wear the blue of Everton is uh, Brett Angel. G'day, mate. How are you? Not too bad, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. Were, were you... Uh, as surprised as I was uh, to see that result, the two-all draw at Craven Cottage for Liverpool to start the Premier League season? Yeah, well, I sort of say that realistically, give it about a month. I think uh, there can be some strange results, certainly early on in the season. Um, Yes, I don't think realistically even though that um, Liverpool were having their first game of the season, anybody really other than you know, diehard Fulham fans thought that they may get something from it, but uh, as it was, I think uh, they fully deserve to to get something from it. And uh, I think Liverpool were probably quite pleased to come away with just something at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean they did have a few missing, uh, not really key key players, but probably a bit of a bit of depth has been the issue, and and what their options were off the bench with that. But I mean, you know, you talk about depth, Marco Silva. He's, I think he's had three signings uh, coming into the season, uh, and he's talking about you know needing three or four more. I think they've only got three senior centre-backs in the whole squad, and one of those has just arrived on loan uh, from Brighton. They're a lot of people's favourites to go straight back down. Brett, what, what did you make of Marco Silva's team, the football they played, and where they currently sit? No, I think they, they're, they're quit themselves really well. Obviously, it's their first home game back in the Premier League doing a little bit of yo-yoing. That's what they want to sort of uh, put to bed this season. It's going to be hard for them. I think that, uh, you know, if they can stay above it, uh, they will consider that to be a really decent season. Um, And if they keep performing like that, um, certainly, um, you know, they've got good good enough signs there. You know, they've scored two goals. Uh, Yes, they've conceded two, but you are playing what is considered to be one of the best Premier League teams. So I think in in that respect, once yet, I think there's a few extra bodies probably needed from a depth perspective. And uh, yeah, they know it's going to be difficult, but also likewise, I do feel that they they will think that they, uh, you know, can potentially uh, finish that fourth from bottom and uh, and remain in the Premier League. Yeah, and that's the goal for a lot of these teams. Of course, the former Fulham boss, Scott Park, is now at Bournemouth. They were also up. They were also, I think, I must have listened uh, to uh, previews, maybe half a dozen Premier League previews leading into the season. And I think all bar maybe one had uh, both of Bournemouth and Fulham going down. So another team expected to to maybe struggle a bit in the Premier League this season. So uh, again, probably a bit of a surprise, their result beating Steven Gerrard's Villa 2-0. Yeah, I think it surprised a few people. But I, I, again, I probably you know, wonder where you know Aston Villa themselves are going to be. Maybe they will be where people think they may be. You know, in that sort of uh, top half of the of the league, 
But again, they, they, they've been a bit inconsistent last season. Even while well, you know Stephen come in, uh, he's had a good sort of three quarters of a season to sort of gel in. So he's quite aware of where they're sitting. And uh, yeah, that, that, a result like that is something that was typical of them last season as well. You know, they generally give the, what we call the top teams a real good go. And maybe against the teams that you're expecting them to go and get results. Uh, and certainly away from home. I think their home form, as it will be for Bournemouth, it's all to do with how good they are and how strong and consistent and what they can pick up at home. Because invariably, certainly in Bournemouth's case, there isn't going, I don't think, to be that many away victories in the, uh, you know, in the sort of 19 games that they, they're going to have. I think if they can win three or four away from home and then hopefully, you know, have some half-decent home form, of which that gives them a good uh, starting point. You know, I, I do think that they will struggle to stay at Bournemouth, probably a little bit more so than Fulham, but who's to say? I think there could also still be a lot of the clubs that were in and around the bottom last year still going to be in and around the bottom, the likes of uh, Southampton and Brentford and teams like that, that I think Bournemouth will think that they could actually tag on and and maybe get above. You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, you mentioned some of those teams down there, Brett, but you know your old team, I mentioned you, you'd you worn the, the blue from Merseyside of, with Everton. Um, they started the season with a 1-0 loss to Chelsea. It might not look the worst uh, result on paper, but really struggling for firepower. They've sold Richarlison. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, it f- seems, is out for about six weeks with some uh, sort of injury. Uh, Rondon is the only fit striker, but he was suspended today. Um, and Lampard seems to be fixated on buying more midfielders, which I don't quite understand. Uh, had two defenders go off injured today as well. We, uh, for me, Everton are a team that could be in that mix for you know anything from 18th to sort of 14th, for, uh, 13th around there this season. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree, really. Because if you look from where they were last year, from what they brought in and what they've let go, you wouldn't have said that they're completely stronger. Uh, and so what would there be the reasons to a degree of them suddenly changing tack. And, uh, you know, last year they had a real strong start and it was probably only that strong start that actually kept them up at the end of the day. Uh, because I think, you know, had they not had that strong start, they definitely would not have uh, been playing Premier League football. Um, you look at it, obviously Calvin Lewin has had injury problems all last year as well, which is a bit of a concern. He has been their main outlet for goals in the last two seasons. Um, So that's always going to be a worry. I think it will just realistically see that money that's been, you know, that's been brought in for Richarlison, how that is spent. And if it's spent widely, you hope that they can keep their head above water. I can't really see them doing much more than what they did last season at the moment, Uh, you know. uh, And as I said, yeah, you're right. I think they are another one of those teams that were struggling last year that I can't quite see at the moment being any further up the table, um, you know, at, at, oh, certainly in the, in the, in the near future, uh, you know, where they're over six months, they can start to build a little bit of momentum. But at the moment, I, their performances don't appear to be any stronger. Certainly that first one was no stronger than what they were providing last year, which was, you know, only just good enough. What do you make of Frank Lampard as a manager? Because it feels to me like 
he's got a job like the Everton job because he's Frank Lampard, not because of anything he's done as a coach. Um, he's taken. He's still inexperienced in relation to uh, you know just years of, of of practice. I think he'll get better. He'll get wiser. He'll get you know. And again, I think it's one of those that he took Derby in a situation and managed to make them a playoff team. Uh, they didn't quite make the, uh, you know, the premiership in, in that regard. That's where he sort of cut his teeth a little bit, whether then the next move was really, you know, and I think that surprised most people purely and simply because it was the Chelsea connection. You know, a former player then coming in and going, you know, and, and then taking on the role as coach. Yeah, this, again, it was a, a big learning curve. There was limitations regards finances. Had to work within that, uh, that those strict financial constraints. Started to blood some of the younger players and gave some of those uh, a, a, an opportunity. And to be truthful, they didn't do too badly in that situation initially. And then they started to struggle then. And obviously, uh, you know, Aramovich decided that we're not get, this doesn't look good. We're not going where I want us to go. And obviously, Tuchel then came in and, and, and sort of took him on. So I think in relation to Premier League, I think Frank's still learning that craft, learning that trade and finding it very, very hard because obviously there are limitations at Everton, uh, as there were at Chelsea in his, his in, in his involvement as well. So therefore then, I think it's one of those where you sort of say, the jury's still out. I think he can still find his his way in uh, achieving something with the Premier League team. At the moment, whether Everton is the right fit, uh, you know, with his inexperience and all of his learnings at the moment, it's a very tough job because the difference with uh, coaching Everton is there is an expectation level that's not expected supposedly at the Southamptons, the Brentfords and all of them. So Everton have been used to invariably being higher up the league and, you know, working in that area. Whereas at the moment, they're a little bit, you know, working in the lower reaches and they're not happy as fans and they're not happy, you know, because results haven't really looked as though they're ever going to, at the moment, compete at that sort of top end, which is where they've always wanted to compete. Mm, yeah, he's got a bit of work to do, um, and he'd probably be reasonably short priced to be the first guy out the door in, in the sack race in the with the UK bookies, mate. Uh, let's talk about a couple of other teams: uh, Leeds and Wolves, two teams who I think will also struggle. Jesse Marsh, the uh, American coach who came in and replaced Bielsa last season, he's replaced Calvin Phillips and Rafinha with a couple of American players that he used to work with in uh, the Bundesliga. Um, that seems to have, well, on one names, uh, it seems to have worked. They went all right against Wolves today, but they're another one who I, I actually have in my bottom three. I don't know if that's uh, based on today, if I can if I can back that up anymore. Uh, again, first game always looks a little bit different after 38 games. It may not be the same. Uh, but look, Leeds, again, likewise, I think they're in for a hard season they've got a little bit of uh, finance back in but they've also lost probably two of their two strongest players from last season so you take them out again it's about the spending wisely uh, the replacements that come in are obviously not of the same 
name level, but in a year's time, it may be different because obviously when Rafina came in, there wasn't that great much talk around him. Then suddenly he blossomed and, uh, you know, everybody sort of then gets a bit more of an interest in it. So they may be sort of underlying for the future, potentially uh, moving down the path, as well as providing some real good substance in that. I think Leeds are very much uh, reliant on their home form to try and uh, steer clear. But I do think that they could be good enough. I do think that they, uh, you know, with, with the three or four teams that they were in the mix with, that we've mentioned previously, and the three teams that have come up, I think Leeds could realistically be at the top end of that bottom six, I think, uh, this season. Uh, Wolves also look like they're going to struggle for goals this season, and uh, they haven't really overly invested. Uh, what about Newcastle, Nottingham Forest? Newcastle got the win. It was at home. It was a tight, tough assignment for Forest. First game back in 20-odd years in the Premier League. Uh, but they looked just to set up to defend away from home. I don't know if they'll be any different at the city ground. No, I think, I think it's all... Look, I, I actually think that Forest are... Uh, a little bit more of a team that have been waiting so many years to get back in. I think there's a little bit of a change, obviously, in personnel that was needed anyway. Uh, I think from Steve Cooper coming in, they've certainly gone on the upward trajectory, which ended up with the playoff win. Um, I actually think that they will be okay then. I think they'll, for me, they're the team out of the three that I thought would do the best of the three promoted teams. Um, You know, Again, their home form's going to uh, be a, a big, um, a big plus on that, uh, you know. But I think overall, from a, from a, are they going to be okay? I think they will be. Will it be clear? No, I don't think it will be. But I, again, I think they could be in that sort of uh, sixth or seventh from bottom position, wh- whatever points that would, would that that would mean or would that bring. So for me, Forrester, yeah, I think they'll be okay, Forrest. And Steve Cooper, as a coach, I think will also get more out of them as well, as he's proved when he's come in, what he did at Swansea, and obviously what he did at Forrest from where they were to, to where he's got them now. Yeah, that's uh, it's a good call, actually. And um, they are a team that has a club that has spent a lot of money, too. They've got 12, I think, new faces in, so it might take them a little while just to gel all that together. What about the uh, North London clubs? We saw Arsenal beat Palace 2-0. Not super convincing, but Palace aren't a bad side. And uh, Spurs uh, trounce Southampton 4-1. Uh, are Spurs a team that can break up the uh, duopoly of City and Liverpool this season? I fancy them to be the ones that get closest. I don't know whether they'll quite get there, but I do think that they have moved under Conte into a little bit more of a serious consideration uh, to maybe moving or getting closer to the top two. Um, Arsenal, actually, I'm quite impressed about what they do and how they do it now. Yes, uh, look, don't get... Crystal Palace at Sellers Park are a very, very difficult side to go and beat, regardless. And I think, yes, it wasn't silky soccer, but I, I thought it was a very professional performance Arsenal put out against them. They defended really well. Goalkeeper did really well when they needed to. And they got the goals when they needed to, in ever, whichever form they managed to get them. But again, for me, it was a professional performance. And 
it's places like Palace where you do actually, and if you go there as a as a top team, it's a very difficult place to go and get a result. But to get a result, you know, shows that the group's moving in the way that he went. And I think Arteta, you know, if we take this time last year, three on the bounce losses, it was all doom and gloom, bit by bit. They are in a hell of a lot of a different state now than they were 12 months ago. Yeah, they are. They've definitely uh, turned things around, got a bit more a bit more steel about them, Brett. Uh, let's have a look at tomorrow morning's games then. United take on Brighton. Uh, United look a little bit light on firepower. Uh, Martial looks like he's going to miss the game. Ronaldo's only had 45 minutes of pre-season football, uh, so I'm not entirely sure what that team is going to look like. Uh, the draw at 375 looks tempting, should we say. Yeah, look, Brighton, if they continue in the vein that they showed last year, they were a very difficult side to beat, home or away. But more so when they came away and uh, played teams, you know, draw was very much on the cards. I think they drew something like eight, you know, eight games away from home or something such as that, which, you know, as I said, shows that they're a difficult team to beat. They changed the way they tried to play. They didn't go so, so direct. Uh, Graham Potter has made them a very cohesive unit on the ball. And uh, Man United are still Man United. But again, I think it's, they're still not quite where they really want to be. And I think that's still good. I, I see that as very much a work in progress, very similar to where I think Arsenal were this time last year, where, you know, people are hoping that it works, but don't really know. But for me, Obviously, they have to improve on the season they had last year purely and simply because for them, it was absolutely awful. You know, so I can't see them breaking into the top four. I think they have to make sure that they make Europe again, but I don't see them at this moment in time breaking in, in, into the top four. What about uh, Leicester-Brentford? A lot's been made of the fact that Leicester haven't uh, brought anybody in in this transfer window and they've got Chelsea sniffing around Fafana and Newcastle sniffing around Madison. Well, look, the, the reason they're sniffing around is because it's, it's a little bit open knowledge that there is some, uh, you know, restrictions uh, at Leicester. And uh, realistically, those restrictions, again, are going to put pressure on them to try to achieve what they've normally, over the last few years, achieved. I think, realistically, the, the writing's possibly on the wall a little bit at the moment. They're going to lose, if they need to change, some of their top players. You know, whether it's Madison, whether, whether it's his Pafana. You know, those players are, you know, they're top players and realistically they need to be. The only reason they have an interest in moving them on is obviously because financially they need to bring some income in. So that does put a lot of pressure on uh, because what happens is when fans have been used to a little bit of success, when suddenly you're not in them areas, it's, they're, uh, they're a little bit quicker to start to, to moan and groan because you don't look at the old... Uh, balance sheet and say, yeah, but we, we haven't really got as much money as what we used to have. It's all about actually the results. So I do think Leicester are in a transitional period, and I just think that they may be on the sort of slow downturn at the moment. You know, mm. I think they'll be more bottom half than top half um, with their with their restrictions. But yeah. again, you know, Brendan, 
Brendan's very good. He's a great coach, and his coaching ability will actually, I believe, get them possibly a little bit higher than maybe they should be. But I don't think at the moment they are now going to be a top eight team for this season. Yeah, good stuff, Brett. All right. Hey, listen, mate, thanks very much for coming on and having a yarn. Always good to talk footy with you. Go well. Enjoy your Sunday. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Ricardo. Cheers, mate. Uh, Brett Angel there with us uh, talking Premier League. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.